Good evening. This is a Tomorrow Christian Today, reading Deuteronomy 14 in the NLT. But first and always, we pray. Dear Lord, thank you for a wonderful day. It was a rough day uh, with some gout, but it's gone because of the medication. Thank you, Lord, for that. And so at the end of the day, it's much better. The day is ending much better than it started. Thank you, Lord, for people who have wisdom to be able to create these drugs to help uh, me manage my uh, gout. And uh, But I also want to pray for those who are listening. It's not about me. It's about them, Lord. And it's about your Holy Spirit. It's about your Son. We want to we be like him. We want to be healthy. And help us now as we read your word and help us as we... Um, discern it give us that discernment help us to be able to see different perspectives but we always submit to you lord through your son christ our lord i pray in the name of christ amen okay this is about deuteronomy 14 why don't we go ahead and read ceremonially queen and unclean animals since you are the people of the lord your god never cut yourselves or shave the hair above your foreheads in mourning for the dead you have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. I think some of the things that they said to, um, that God's, that Moses said, that God said to Moses to say to them, I think some of the rituals they got from Egypt. I think all the things about uh, tattoos and all these different things were uh, what they were doing when they were in Egypt. And I'm not, again, uh, I know there are Christians with tattoos, I don't understand tattoos. I've tried to understand. I don't have a tattoo. I've never felt motivated to get it. And I'm not dissing somebody who has a tattoo or somebody who's a Christian that has a tattoo. Some people get tattoos. They become Christians. They leave it there. That's fine. Uh, I'm not saying anything about that. But it's just that some of these some of these injunctions in the Old Testament, um, God is saying to them, and I'm going like, why? Like, did they do that then? Is that what they did? Is that where they came from? Is that what they created themselves? Like tattoos are supposed to be about, you know, belonging, um, tribal, tribal belonging. You know, you're part of the tribe. You know, this is your community. This is your people. So I'm not trying to judge uh, yay or nay. I'm just saying what the word of God says or trying to understand what it says. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. I mean, I like to read God's word, but I'm also thinking as I'm reading and I have an opinion, but my opinion is just my opinion, and I don't know everything. But God is actually telling them, um, he's, you know, he's telling them things to change them as a people, to make them a holy people. Because wherever they have come from, they have not been holy. They have not been following God. They've been inside the culture. And I guess we as Christians, we're inside the culture too. We're inside this culture of spiritual Babylon, spiritual Egypt, spiritual confusion. You know, this world doesn't want God. The default in this world is not God. It's just fighting and trying to get ahead. It's trying to be your own God. Survival of the fittest. The God survives. The strong survive. The weak perish. Verse 3. You must not eat any detestable animals that are ceremonially unclean. These are the animals you may eat. The ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the addicts, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. You may eat any animal that completely splits hooves and chews the cud, but if the animal doesn't have both, it may not be eaten, so you may not eat the camel, the hare, or the hydrax. They chew the cud but do not have split hooves, so they are ceremonially unclean for you, and you may not eat the pig. It has split hooves but does not chew the cud, so it is ceremonially unclean for you. 
you may not eat the meat of these animals or even touch their carcasses. So this was a big thing, you know, I came to the Christian church. So I came out of a Sabbath church, you know, uh, a church that sort of went back to Judaism, you know, under the guise of this lady that I've been sort of always babbling and ranting about. And, you know, it, it was under her leadership, under their doctrines, that they went back to sort of not eating unclean or clean foods. Now, first of all, I want to say the Seventh-day Baptist Church, which I didn't grow up in, I have tried to understand them. And they have, you know, Saturdays the Sabbath, but pretty well they seem to be exactly the same as the Baptist Church. They just go to church one day earlier because of um, Saturday, which is, which is a Sabbath day for them, which I thought I saw was 1 John 3.23. That's cool. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I think a lot of Sabbath churches that uh, went back to Saturday, I think they also don't eat clean and unclean meats because they feel that, you know, by doing that, you're disobeying God. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to really make Christians who grew up eating pork or shrimps or stuff like that feel bad. But I do think, because I get a lot of compliments that I look 15 years younger than I actually am. People think I'm like 40s or something. I'm actually 60. Has it got anything to do with not eating that meat? I have no idea. Because one guy said, um, these kinds of meats that God said not to eat has nothing to do with health. He, like, he doesn't under, like, to me, it has something to do with health, not everything. For instance, why, why if the animal chews the cud, like if it eats like grass or, or stuff like that, but it doesn't, it doesn't have split hooves, why is that a bad thing? Because if it eats grass, like a cow or something like that, isn't that good? Like, do you want to eat a scavenger food? Is it a sin in the new covenant? The answer is no. It's not a sin. But uh, is it related to health? Well, I think some people eat meats that are very unhealthy. Then again, they have unhealthy lifestyles and unhealthy diets. The Bible doesn't say anything about um, eating, you know, a lot of, you know, false sugar. But I think we all understand from health that really doesn't help your body in the long term. When you're young, you can eat all kinds of nonsense and you're going to still be healthy. You can eat five Big Macs, go to sleep, get five hours of sleep and get up and go to the gym. But when you get older, your body starts to, things start to break down, hormones start to dissipate, um, your health starts to go and it's harder and harder to maintain yourself. So you want to build a good foundation. And I do think the working out for me and not eating clean and unclean meats because I thought it was a sin, right, was a good foundation for me. Now, I went to my friend's house. He's a Christian. And he said, um, you know, I can't, I'm not going to buy the beef. Would you like to eat some ham? And I said, sure, man, no problem. Because the fact is that he wanted to cook, cook dinner, you know, for his wife and myself, invited me over. That was very nice of him. I'm going to say, no, I don't want to eat that. I don't personally eat um, uh, pork or ham as a rule. I don't really, I don't really eat shrimps. Although I went with another friend just to his family uh, reunion at Christmas uh, to a restaurant, and I tried, I tried some clam. I tried like something in a in a shell. I think it was an oyster or something. I've never tried it. I didn't eat shrimp, and I do know that at my church, Baptist church, there's a man there. He's a Jamaican guy. He's been a Baptist his whole life. He doesn't eat pork. He just, he, he, will, he will eat beef. So I don't know where he got that from. So it varies in the church. You, you got to do what your conscience tells you to do. And I think Romans 14 is a good example about diet. And at the end, it says to, to him who knows to do something and doesn't do it, that's a sin. So you got to follow your conscience. You got to follow the Holy Spirit. There's a girl um, at my church, a very sweet person, but she's very unhealthy. She grew up um, you know, on the East Coast, eating a lot of uh, things like lobster and seafood. And I don't know, her health is very frail. She's good now. 
I don't know if it's because of that seafood diet or or she just generally eats not she does not eat healthy. I really cannot tell you. Um, she's in good shape now. And the thing is that she did not grow up in the church that I grew up in. So God holds us accountable to what we know and what we don't know. But I do think when I see this for Jewish people, I go, well, if God gave it to them, was it not good enough for us? Like, okay, we didn't get the same things, and we have covered Acts 15 and Acts 22, where it says, um, you know, where, where Judaizers were coming in and telling Gentile Christians, you can't do this, you can't have circumcision, that sort of thing. And then Jerusalem wrote back and said, you know, don't be immoral, don't uh, eat things strangled with blood, and, um, you know, you shall do well. It was very simple. That, that, that were the prerequisites. Anything you want to build on, you build on. Anything you want to eat, you eat. Anything you don't want to eat, don't eat. But the Bible says all things are lawful, but some things are not expedient. It's not good for you to not be healthy. Because when you get old, you still have to live in that body that you have, right? And you still, you still have a relationship with Jesus. But I have found that when you are not feeling well and not healthy, it's really hard to praise God. Today I got up and I got gout in my left foot as I indicated my prayer. Thank God I had indomethacin, right? So you take allopurinol when you're in a maintenance phase. I haven't had gout for, I don't know, a year and a half. And as soon as I got up this morning, boom, my left foot was like, I'm going to have a problem. And I had to go to the gym and my foot was paining and I couldn't back out. So I took the indomethacin, right? I drank water. I just had, you know, my usual banana for the gym. It's like, I can't back out of this, but it's like, what did I do? What did I do the night before? I'm honestly, I honestly don't know. I eat pretty healthy. I do have the occasional treat on the week. I have my Twix bar, stuff like that. So you want to, you want, but you still want to be healthy. Your body doesn't really belong to you, it belongs to God. So. God is telling the Jewish people they can't eat these meats. It's part of the old covenant. We are Jews of the heart, Romans 2, 28, 29. Is that part of our new covenant? No, it is not. But does what he told them have any bearing on us? Yeah. I mean, we can borrow some of the things that they did in order to be for our health. It's not for our salvation. It's not a sin, but it's definitely wiser to, to eat healthy and be well because you still have to live in this body, even though it's breaking down. It's not part of your salvation, but it's part of your day-to-day -day life. That, that's just my opinion. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. I don't quite understand why animals that, you know, eat the cud, like I would assume they eat grass, and yet they don't have split hooves. I don't understand quite why that's a bad thing. My friend is telling me at the gym, he's not, uh, he, he's not a Christian, he doesn't read the Bible. Well, he's Catholic. I, I guess I just insulted a bunch of people because some people are Christian and Catholic. They do read the Bible. They believe in Jesus. But he doesn't follow it. I'll put it to you that way. He doesn't follow it. And he's talking about the land being, um, you know, the, the cows walk along with the hooves and crush up the grass. And that helps to give back to the, the ground and that we're depleting the ground because he's very into the natural path kind of things, the natural healthy elements of, of food and he's you know this is kind of his business he's making natural supplements right They're, people are trying to go back to nature because they recognize some of the scientific and medical things that we have are good but the thing is we are depending too much on technology it's all about drugs now 
And I think, like I said, um, I, I've said this, you know, you got a pain, something is wrong with your body, you're having issues that you don't have, you go to a doctor first. You go to a doctor first, you get your blood tested, you make sure that he does tests. Because if there's an issue, you want to listen to your doctor. But if there's not an issue or if it's a health thing, maybe you want to think about natural, naturopathic solutions as well. And more people are kind of waking up to that. They're thinking about what they eat. If unbelievers, people who don't believe in God, and this is, quote, all the life that they have here and they want to be as healthy as possible, if they are thinking about what they put into their mouth, about uh, solutions with less meat or eating cleaner meats, right, which has sort of been shown by God here in, in the Bible, if they're thinking about that sort of thing, and why aren't we as spiritual people, even though we have an eternal life that's been promised to us, why wouldn't we be doing the same thing as well? When somebody's doing something well, you, you borrow from that, you imitate that. Okay, so I just wanted to get that out there because my friend used to say, oh, well, we're not Jewish, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I know, but I still think we have to take care of our body. And one more thing, Romans 12 verse two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Maybe this is talking about spiritual health. This is talking about salvation, you know, um, prayer and, and fasting in the Bible. It's talking about spiritual things, not necessarily worried about what you put into your body. But as Christians, we should be running the gamut for everything. Spiritual, which, is, which leads down or um, flows into the mental, the emotional, right, and, and the health the physical, we should be taking care of ourselves. You know, there's a lot of depression going on. There's a lot of illness going on. There's a lot of unwellness going on. The world is broken. The foods that we're eating don't have all the nutrients. There's going to be breakdown. There's going to be Alzheimer's. There's a lot of sugar in the body. And there's some implications that it has something to do with Alzheimer's. So of necessary, medical is going to intervene and try its solutions but we should try to live by natural dictates wherever possible. Look at Daniel in uh, Daniel chapter one. They ate simple foods, more healthier foods, while the other guys had access to all the rich foods, all the stuff that the king's court offered. And yet after 10 days, Daniel and his friends eating a simpler food was healthier and they had clearer minds and more wisdom than all the other guys who did it by the world's methods. Just saying. I don't tell you what to think, I ask you to think about what I tell you. And man, that took really too long. Verse 8, and you may not eat the pig, it has split hooves, but does not chew the cud, so it is ceremonially unclean for you. You may not eat the meat of these animals or even touch their carcasses. Okay, I think the natural food of Canada is, is bacon and eggs. Personally, I'm not into bacon. I like turkey bacon instead, right? But um, I'm just saying that, you know, you, you, want, you want to think about your health as a believer, as a Christian, as a human being, right? There's a reason why God pointed out this animal. And I think most people have to admit that the pig is a scavenger. Now, my friend at work, who's not a believer, says that the most healthy thing you can eat is pig tenderloin. It's like, I've never heard this before, but she's smarter than me. So this is what she said. I don't know where she got this, okay? So she's not a fitness guru. Right, But this is what she said to me, so I did not argue. Just saying. 
Verse 9. Of all the marine animals, you may eat whatever has both fins and scales. You may not, however, eat marine animals that do not have both fins and scales. They are ceremonially unclean for you. See, it says ceremonial unclean, right? And my Baptist mentor, who is a very nice man, who's 82 years old, um, and thank God he is such a sweet man, he did tell me early on when I first met him, oh, uh, you don't eat uh, shrimps. I, th I think I should have backed off on the shrimps a little bit because they're obviously very delicious, but he said they have a lot of cholesterol in them, and I think they may have been responsible for my triple bypass. Just saying. You may eat any bird that is ceremonially clean. These are the birds you may not eat. The, the griffon vulture, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, the falcon, buzzards of all kinds, ravens of all kinds, the eagle owl, the short-haired owl, the seagull, the hawks, all kinds of as the little owl, the great owl, the barn owl, the desert owl, the Egyptian vulture, the cormorant, the stork, herons of all kinds, the hoopoe, and the bat. Okay, we've seen what happens when people are eating bat. Don't want to go there. Um, I don't eat duck. I know that I did go to a restaurant. People were eating duck, and it seemed like very greasy, very fat. Doesn't didn't really turn me on. I'll stick to chicken. You know, I'll stick to chicken. Thanks. Um, I've had lamb. I have beef. It's I'll have tuna fish. I kind of stick with that. I think that's just safe. I can't be a vegetarian. My brother's a vegetarian. He's as strong as an ox. I, I start trying to be a vegetarian. I can't keep my eyes open. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, I believe I'm a fast oxidizer. I believe my brother is a slow oxidizer. Uh, but I won't go there because I said I wouldn't. But that is my belief. All winged insects that walk along the ground are ceremonially unclean for you and may not be eaten, but you may eat any winged bird or insect that is ceremonially clean. I thought, you know, when John was eating locusts and honey, I thought he was actually eating grasshopper, that it was a clean animal to eat. Of course, then somebody said, no, a locust is something else. It's not the insect, it's something else. I have no idea. You must not eat anything that has died a natural death. You may give it to a foreigner living in your town, or you may sell it to a stranger, but you do not eat it yourselves, for you are set apart as holy to the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. I'm not sure why that's bad, but God says, um, you know, they can't eat it, but they can give it to a foreigner. I guess it would be a non-Jewish person. Personally, um, you know, I don't, I don't quite know what that all means, but my, my feeling is God cares about all the races, Jews and Gentiles alike, okay? He does care about everybody, but he gave the Jewish people because they were going to be the priests to go out to the world and tell people, and he wanted them to be as healthy as possible, Right. Obviously, this was this was about health. It wasn't just about sin, because for them to be healthy, that's where the Messiah was coming from. Like Jesus was beaten and he lost a lot of blood and he still managed to carry this heavy cross. Okay, that that cross that he was carrying wasn't just two bits of sticks like it was a seriously heavy weight and he still managed to do it. He was a stonemason. Jesus was not a, a, a namby pamby, pia pia, you know, man. He was a strong man. Okay, he was strong stonemason or a carpenter or whatever and he was whipped and beaten and, and all he had lost a lot of blood and he still managed to carry the thing my friend um you know he's a fix it up guy so he decided he wanted to put a railroad tie into a guy's um like in a guy's um basement right so he put it on the in the ceiling of course he made some steel encasings for it i have no idea what he did and that was to keep the floor from so the floor upstairs was sagging down and so in order to get this railroad tie into that house, we had to lift it through the window. So when I got to the house, right, there was a bunch of guys there and they said, okay, Andrew, try to lift this. Of course, I try to keep my back straight. I try to lift that thing. I could not budge it. It was so heavy. I'm not saying that a railroad tie is what the cross weighed, 
But I'm saying when you see Jesus staggering under that cross beam, okay, I don't think that cross beam was really like light as a feather. And for him to have been able to lift it and carry it as far as he could before he gave out and they got Simon of Serene to do it, I don't think that was easy at all. And that was because he was strong. And I think personally, this is my opinion, is the Jewish people were given these ceremonial laws, but they were also health as well, health and strength. As a Christian, you have to be healthy. You have to be strong. This world is ruthless. The devil hates you. He hates Jesus. He doesn't want you to be well. He doesn't want you to have salvation. He wants you to be sick and erring and depending on all these kinds of drugs. Drugs are good. They're a good um, solution for one-up problems. But to live on drugs, this whole world is pharmaceutical. And we have seen this in the last three years, what it does. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. And remember, Acts 15 and 21 says that that is not part of your salvation. But if it was working for the Jews, if God gave it to them, why wouldn't we as Christians, as new covenant Christians, as Jews of the heart, why wouldn't we think about it too? and incorporated some of it into our personal lives. We have to be as smart, you know, as crafty as a fox and cunning. We have to be cunning. We have to use our intelligent intelligence to be able to propel the gospel. And if people are looking at us and they see people who are beaten down and tired and not healthy and not clean and don't look well, they're going to wonder, you guys talk about power, but you sure don't project it. The giving of tithes. Verse 22, you must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored, and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn males of your flocks and herds. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. Now, when the Lord your God blesses you with a good harvest, the place of worship he chooses for his name to be honored might be too far for you to bring the tithe. If so, you may sell the tithe portion of your crops and herds, put the money in a pouch and go to the place the Lord your God has chosen. When you arrive, you may use the money to buy any kind of food you want, cattle, sheep, goats, wine, or other alcoholic drink. Then feast there in the presence of the Lord your God and celebrate with your household. And do not neglect the Levites in your town, for they will receive no allotment of land among you. So in a way, we're kind of Levites, right? We're, we're kind of priests, right? Maybe, maybe our allotment in this world is not the things of this world, although you can have nice things as a Christian. But really, our, our, our reward is, the, is, the, is, the, is our lives to come. That's our life with Jesus. That's our life with God forevermore. That's, that's your mansion in heaven. When they talk about mansions, I have no idea. I think we're all going to have a home in the New Jerusalem. I think it's going to look like something so amazing. You can't imagine. Then you're going to have a house in the country or a house by the sea or a house maybe someplace in some weird part of the world. Or, and maybe, who knows, maybe, maybe, the, maybe part of the Mariana Trench will be open and you can have a house there. You can have a nice house on a mountain. I have no idea, okay? So I think that we may not have this much in this world, but in the world to come, you're going to have everything and you're going to have Jesus and you're going to have treasures. You'll be walking on gold. And I also believe that talking about tithe, you know, before I used to give 10% tithe and I came to the Christian church, then they talked about free will offering. And 
I think talks about this in 1 Corinthians 16. And the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So you give what you and the Lord work out together. I still went, I went back to the 10% because I always heard if you give 90% with God is better than 100% by yourself. Have you ever heard that? So that's what kind of I heard. And I kind of believe it. It's like, Lord, you know what? Um, I got a lot of debts. I got stuff going on. But you know what? This is your money. You, you got to, the, the church has to have bills. The church got to pay its bills, right? God is in partnership with us. This lady says, well, why does your God need to your money then? He doesn't have everything. I'm going, you know what? You really don't understand God. God wants to share with us. He wants us to partner with him. He wants, God wants us to show ourselves that we're serious about where we put our money. If God has your heart, he has everything too. He has your resources. You want to serve. You want to give back. That includes your service, your time, your talents, your money, your resources, everything you have, service to God. So why wouldn't you give back some of your money? If you have a good job, God's giving you a job, he's blessing you, you want to give back. I don't have, you don't have to tell somebody to give tithe to God. They'll do it out of the goodness of their heart. But the thing is, it has to be between them and God. You can't tell people what to do. You know, you can't, you can't force people, you know, forcing people to give tithe, forcing people to love Jesus. It doesn't work, friends. God doesn't want a force. He wants you to do it because you want to. God wants your love because you want to love him. God wants your time because he wants, he wants you to give him his time. God wants you to read his Bible because he wants you to read the Bible. It's good for you and God will bless you because of it, but, but you're the one that has to want to do it. You're the one that has to want to give your time. Personally, I do, and I want to be better. I want to give back to my Heavenly Father because he's blessed me in a lot of ways I don't even really understand. But when I look back at my life, and I'm sure you all are the same, it's like, wow, Lord, I could see you were in that trial. I could see you were there. I, I, I didn't think my life was going to ha happen just the way it did. But actually, you know what? It couldn't have happened any other way. The pastor said in a sermon, he says this uh, last Sunday, he says, nobody's heard life worked out exactly the way they wanted it. You know what? I started reading Bible.ca and I started studying and I thought, I want this. I want to be a Christian. I don't feel that where I'm at, there it has Christian-like things in there, but it's not Christianity because Christianity is trusting in Jesus completely and this church that I'm in is not doing that. It's trusting in Saturdays the Sabbath. It's trusting in another person who they say speaking for God. That's not, that's not. On the surface, it looks very Christianese, Bible-ese, but it is actually not trusting. And I said, I want to be a Christian. I want to know God. I want to have this Christianity because, quote, it looks easier, even though I know it's not. And you know what? God honored my prayer. It feels sometimes that I did it, but no, he did it. And he engineered my life just the way it is. But in order to get me here, and I say this with humility, things happened to me that I did not see coming. Things happened to my marriage I did not see coming. I didn't get to my kids to grow up with me and I feel great anguish about that and I always will but I did ask God many years ago I want to be a Christian even though I was dimly aware of what I was asking it's like when Jesus says to James to those two brothers you don't know what you're asking to be at my left hand um, uh, and right hand is for the Father alone. But he says, to you want to drink the cup that I... Yeah, you will. You will um, be there, but you will drink the cup that I'm going to drink. And it's the cup of affliction. You will be afflicted. It Hopefully, it'll be not as much affliction or it won't be 
terrible affliction, but there will be afflictions. Because either God will test you or he'll allow the devil to hit you. And then you can show yourself, am I serious about this? Am I serious about this? Because I can back, you can back out. But if you're serious, you'll, you'll stay the course. Because sometimes I think, I'm just going to quit. I'm, I'm done. I'm done, Lord. Like, I, I can't. You know what I mean? But you know what? It's like, I can't. I can't go back. You can't go back. You know you can't. Peter said, where, where are we going to go, Lord? You got the words of life. Come on. Lord, you, you can't be serious. I cannot go back. Jesus said, are you going to leave me too? Peter says, I can't go back, Lord. You got the words of life. Where am I going to go? You can't go back. When you know Jesus is the Savior, you know he's alive right now. You know he's your Redeemer. You know he lives in you. You know that the Bible is true. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. I love that. Verse 28. At the end of every third year, bring the entire tithe that that year's harvest and store it in the nearest town. Give it to the Levites who will receive no allotment of land among you as well as to the foreigners living among you, the orphans and the widows in your town so that you can eat and be satisfied. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all your work. God is going to satisfy you. God's going to bless you. So you can bless others and God's going to feed you. God's going to feed your heart. If your heart is okay, if you've got heartware from the Holy Spirit, everything else will flow. You know, I, I love working out. You know, today I was not feeling well and the gout thing, but I did work out. But I'm thinking, you know what? Even though I love it, it's just the body. These people in the gym, some of them I love. I love I love them deeply. And there are some gorgeous women in the gym. I, I won't deny it. But they're just working the body. The body will always be second and the body's fading anyways. All this time spent doing all these sets and reps and reps and sets and perfecting yourself for what? for death you know what i'm not chasing the body anymore that's a distant number two i'm chasing eternity because eternity has been chasing me and eternity is chasing you because if he wasn't chasing you you wouldn't be you wouldn't be listening to a podcast of the bible by a little nobody living in a small town that's what i have to say to you god bless you all